if you're listening to this, guess what? You are the resistance. When did he come into this? Adam, Adam Sandler could fight for the resistance. No. no, 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 no. If you're listening to this, you are the oh, resistance. Goodness, no, no, no. no. You, I've never known anyone more human. No. Bad, bad. Uh, okay. We need Will Smith. That's who we need. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Falling Skies cast, the first podcast dedicated to Falling Skies on TNT. All right, welcome back to the Falling Skies cast with Jimmy and Emmy, and I am your host, Jimmy, and with me is always my lovely co-host, the lovely Emmy. And we are here to talk about episode number three of Falling Skies on this lovely Sunday, June the 26th. Hope you're having a good evening. And uh, this week's episode was called Prisoner of War. Before we get to uh, uh, talking about this week's episode, we're going to get into a little bit of news. From the Falling Skies cast studios, it's the Falling Skies News with Jimmy and Emmy. This past week, Falling Skies debuted to 5.9 million viewers um, in its original broadcast, which was basically made it the second highest rated cable series debut ever, um, but just behind another TNT show from last summer. So that's pretty awesome. Beat out The Walking Dead's total viewers, which was pretty amazing. And I'm definitely excited about the show, and I definitely think that means that we're pretty much guaranteed a second season at this point that hasn't been officially announced, but don't see that not happening. So that's really good stuff. And uh, anyway, we're going to go ahead and jump into some of our um, talk about this week's episode. We have a couple new brief segments to get into before we get into our actual recap. And that first new segment this week is called Pope Quote of the Week. So each week we're going to try to pick out our favorite uh, little jib or jab or, I don't know, silly stuff. Jibber jab. Jibber jab. Whatever that Pope says. And uh, this week's quote uh, we're going to play here in just a second is from when Uncle Scott came in to feed him, and Pope had had quite a big talk about food there, but we're going to play just a small clip of that, of what he had to say about the chicken and rice. It's time for the Pope Quote of the Week. What is it, Skidder like King? All right, well, that was the Pope Quote of the Week for this week. Uh, listen next week for the new Quote of the Week. And we're going to jump into a new segment here for the show. Like we said, we had a couple new ones. And this one is called... This Week in History. And we're going to highlight a history lesson we get from good old Professor Mason. And this week, by my count, there was only one history lesson given out. Last week there were several in those two episodes that were jammed together for the two-hour premiere. And this week he talked about how Hal was captured and released. And he saw the other, uh, basically, prisoners get killed... And Tom related that to how the Nazis would sometimes do that. They would capture someone of the Allied forces, you know, kill everybody, leave one survivor, and then send him back to tell the story. And so that is this week in history for episode three of Falling Skies. All right, we're going to jump into a regular segment here we like to do after an episode, and that is the recap. And so this is a pretty detailed description of what happened in the episode and like we mentioned last week, if you're not a fan of the recap, there is a chapter function here in the AAC format. You can skip right ahead um, to our questions or theories segment, which is next. We'd love to have you stay around and listen. 
and uh, sometimes we do throw in a little bit of commentary here, here and there. It's time for the Falling Skies recap, the part of the show where we recap Falling Skies. We get started off this week's episode with the zombie teenagers who were harnessed, and they were piling up scrap metal. We've soon seen that Ben is up on the roof. Maggie questions why the aliens have come this far and turned kids into slaves for piling up old toasters and copper wire. Tom says there must be some reason for it. Anthony wants to know how many kids they're going to grab. Tom says as many as they can. We see a mech followed by six kids. Anthony says there are two out front patrolling and one in the back of the building. A skitter out front and one more mech inside. Anthony is trying to reason with Tom about coming back later because they're tired and low on ammo. Karen knocks a tile off the side of the roof. One of the mechs opens fire. Hal says they'll be back and then they'll get them. And we cut to the Falling Skies opening credits, which are very, very short. And then we, the team arrives back at JFK High School. Anne welcomes Tom back and asks about Ben. Tom says that he's alive. Anne says that she has some really good news, but Tom is soon interrupted by a father asking Tom if he had seen his daughter. And then soon the little squad is surrounded by people asking about their kids holding up photos. Mike is able to quieten the crowd down. Tom says that uh, he promises them he'll do everything that they can do to get their kids back. Anne tells the people to start using one of the bulletin boards to post their photos. Anthony tells them to write their name, their weight, their height, everything that can help them uh, find them a hair color. And Tom says that all the squads will check the boards before each mission. Colonel Porter, their commander, is back earlier than expected, and Anne says that he is the one who brought the good news she mentioned earlier. Tom enters the briefing in the command post and takes a seat. Weaver and Porter are sitting on a desk in front of the classroom. He informs the group that one of the runners they sent out ran into some resistant fighters just outside of Chicago and that a group had made contacts with groups in Texas, Oklahoma, and California. They are not in this fight alone. The bad news is that the alien structures, like the one over Boston, are going up over every city that they know about. Weaver asks if anyone had figured out what they were for, and they have not. Porter says that they are to gather intelligence on the enemy. He wants info about their plans, their tactics, their weapons, and their technology. A secure base of operations means that they can start collection of war materials, motorcycles, weapons, explosives, and camouflaged gear. Weaver says they are to break their units down into search and requisition teams of four to six fighters, and he'll give them assignments tomorrow. Porter calls Tom over, says he has a report that he had spotted a bunch of harnessed kids. Tom says they were tracking the kids, and they found his son. And that night... They have the kids in a hospital off Route 9. By day, the skitters have them salvaging scrap metal. Porter says that they've gotten reports of the kids being used as slave labor before. He goes on to say that the science team is struggling with the harnesses. They were able to remove three harnesses from kids, but they died a few hours later. However, the chief surgeon thinks he has an answer to the problem. They need a harness kid to test this theory. Tom has a hard time thinking about removing the harness from Ben, which could potentially kill him, and finally says he won't go back unless they can rescue all the kids. Porter says that they that they will go back, and Weaver doesn't like this whole situation. He thinks it's a waste of time, it sounds like. Tom says that there are hundreds of people out there with missing kids, if, and if we rescue those kids, it will keep their hope alive. But if we give up on those kids, those people will lose their hope. Weaver says that if we save a few dozen kids and lose the war, they're no better off. Tom says at least they die free. Porter says to just get Ben this time. Weaver walks out, and Porter tells Tom he was due to retire when all this happened. He was looking forward to golf and travel and a stack of spy novels. But he tells Tom to get Ben and to be careful. 
The older kids are having class. They're learning about cells while some of the younger children are playing. Tom finds Matt sitting on the bleachers. Matt asks about Ben, and Tom tells him that they found him. He's safe, and they're going to go back for him. Matt is slow in telling his dad, but finally admits at school today, some of the kids said that when you take the harness off, the kids die. Tom says that that was before a smarter doctor came along and learned how to take them off safely. Matt wants to know which doctor. Tom says he came here today with Colonel Porter and that he's going to teach Anne how to do it. Matt figures out that Ben will be okay. Pope is washing up and a guard, Anne's Uncle Scott, brings him some food, some chicken and rice. Pope takes a couple of bites and spits it out, asks if it's skitter a la king. And that was our Pope quote of the week. He then goes on to give Scott quite the culinary lesson about the proper way to prepare chicken. And uh, we learn here that Pope is a culinary artist and he's a certified chef. And uh, Scott just seems a little bewildered. Scott and Kate go to Weaver and bring the news about Pope and how he could be useful to the second mass as a chef. Maggie testifies that she could stomach eating with the degenerates and scumbags. The food wasn't too bad. Pope tells Scott that he trained in prison. Um, Weaver doesn't seem too accepting this idea, saying that they already have people who can cook. Scott says, yes, they can cook oatmeal. And he adds that he would be under guard at all times. Weaver tells the three of them to go and Pope is sent in. Pope tells Weaver that he'd love to cook, but what... What they've got is 50 cans of lima beans, 32 cans of tuna fish, and chicken and rice. Weaver asks what they ate, and Pope says that they hunted. Anthony is a little hostile towards Pope. Of course, Pope's brother killed his friends, Click. Pope says that he cooked Thanksgiving dinner for three cell blocks. That's 170 inmates. Weaver offers him the deal to cook or go back to lockup, and Pope says he'll do it, but he needs olive oil. Tom goes to Anne to ask about the good news about the harnesses. Anne says that this doctor guy is smart, he's capable, and the best man for the job. Tom looks a little jealous and says, I suppose he's good-looking, too. Anne asks Laudris, and she says, yes, he is good-looking for an older man. He must be like 40. <laughs> Anne gets a laugh out of that, and Tom feels a little offended. And then he finds out that Dr. Michael Harris is this medical genius, and Tom is surprised that he is alive. Michael explains to Tom what happened when he and Tom's wife were out looking for food. They split up since there hadn't been any attacks, but soon the airships came and he couldn't get to her. His arms were badly injured and the second wave of the attack started and he hid in a collapsed house and passed out. Some resistance fighters found him the next day and became their medical officer. Tom thanks him for telling him, but he looks angry. Michael asks about his boys and he learns that Ben is harnessed. Tom says that he's nearby and they're going to try to get him tonight. Tom says that when they found Rebecca, they were going to look for him, but there were skitter patrols everywhere. Michael says, you don't owe me an apology. Bring Ben to me. Tom squads out. Mission to get the kids. Um, they do stop by the building before they head out, though. And we see the harness kids are still scavenging scrap metal like zombies. We see one of the skitters with the kids. And then Tom says they, that they did not see the explosives in the car. Dies waiting nearby in the truck. A mech walks past the area, but Tom does not see Ben. Another group comes in. Mike sees his son, Rick. Mike is an idiot. Pretty much he yells and goes and grabs his son and starts to run away. The mech comes up and is probably about to kill both of them when Tom has to go ahead and blow up the car, which takes the mech down. The team moves back towards the truck. Hal and Karen are not with the group. Tom is about to go after Ben when a mech fires a rocket at him. It misses him, but it knocks him down and out. Karen and Hal return fire to the mech on the roof, who soon runs down the roof, jumps down in front of them as we cut to commercial break. Tom is awakened in a building. Di, Mike, and Rick are with him. He wants to know where they are. He has to go after Hal and Karen. He asks Mike what he's, he was thinking. 
Di left the rest of the weapons in the truck. Tom takes off alone with a gun and a flashlight. In the dark corridor, he hears something and calls out. A skitter is in front of him, and he is attacked. The skitter is beating Tom down pretty good, but Tom takes Pope's advice and shoots off two of its legs before beating in its face with a gun. He left the thing alive. Anthony tells Weaver that and Porter that Di and Mike are back with one of the harnessed kids. They expect it to be Tom's son, Ben, but Anthony tells him it's Mike's son. And so they're, so they're going to the clinic. In the background, people are yelling about Tom being back. And Weaver wants to go check it out. Tom is dragging a living skitter down the hallway, like Will Smith dragging an alien from Independence Day. So there's your Will Smith that we needed right there. And um, Tom tells Weaver that um, he brought him a prisoner of war. Tom says that he did this by himself, and then Weaver asks Howes, and Tom just says he got to get close enough. But it seems like he should have shared the information about taking out their legs. That would have been a good thing to do, since that really works really well. <laughs> but anyway, Weaver offers him two fighters to help him go back out, but Tom says it would be safer if he does it alone. Matt heard everything, and he tells his dad, go get him. Hal wakes up on the road with Karen nearby. Two zombie kids, one of which is his brother Ben, grab Karen and drag her off. A mech shines a light on Hal, and five kids follow the mech out. Um, there's a skitter who kind of comes close to Hal, but then the skitter points at the kids... And the mech shoots all the kids and kills them. Rick is on an operation table. Michael and Anne are about to start the procedure. Michael thinks that if they had a modern hospital and lab, they could have had this figured out in a matter of hours. Weaver says pulling them out kills them, the kids. Michael says that he learned that the hard way. Michael has been working on cutting the needles and leaving a portion of them still embedded instead of pulling them out. Michael is going to use a blowtorch to cut the needles. Di and Lourdes lift up the harness as they, he melts the needles. Michael says that the harness synthesizes an opiate. He says if you cut off the needles, you cut off the drug, and the kid goes into shock, thus killing the kid. Anne has a morphine drip going as a bridge. They get the little harness creature off as it struggles a bit. The blood pressure is still 110 over 70, and Weaver walks out. Michael says that once the needles reach the spine, they, they soften and grow roots and become a part of the nervous system. They don't understand how it happens, perhaps nano-engineering. If they wear the harness long enough, they become one. Rick goes into some convulsions, kind of as expected. Michael starts administering some more drugs and tells them to get Mike out of there because he's kind of upset about his kid a little. <laughs> Tom is out looking for Karen and Hal and finds Hal walking down the street. Hal explains that they were stunned when the truck drove away, and when he woke up, they were taking Karen to the skitters. Tom explains what happened. Mike grabs his son, and he hit the explosive, or they would have both been killed, and then he got knocked out, or he wouldn't have left. Hal's glad he came back. Hal then says that they killed those kids, not Ben, another group that Mike's kid was, was a part of. Then they let him go. Tom, the history professor, said that the Nazis sometimes did that with allied prisoners of war to send a message. Take one, and we kill the rest. Hal says we just can't take one, and Tom says we can come back and take them all. Anthony is working on a holding cell for the skitter. Weaver says that if it were up to him, they'd kill it. This is the first time they've ever had one alive. Porter says that this will be Dr. Harris' call what they would do with it. Porter is leaving him here for the next three weeks so he can study the skitter. Scott, Kate, Lourdes, and Anthony try Pope's cooking, and they all think that it is good. Pope might be of some use to them. Weaver says that he'll give him a week. Rick is still on the operating table. Anne has fallen asleep at her desk. Tom gently awakens her, and she tells him that Rick is stable. Mike talk, takes a little walk. Anne takes a look at Tom, and he tells him that they've captured Karen, that Hal blames himself. Anne says that Harris knows that what he's doing. Tom finds Michael Harris looking 
in on this skittered prisoner. He tells Tom that Porter wanted him to stay around longer and study our conquerors. Tom asks if that was his words, and old Michael Harris says that was not Porter's word, but his own. And Tom says we're not conquered unless we give up. Tom wants to know about the morning of the attack. He says, you ran away and you hid to save yourself. Tom found his wife, Rebecca, and she was still holding on to the duffel bag that was too heavy for her to carry by herself. Michael says he made a split-second decision and that the community needed his medical skills. Tom punches him in the face. It was awesome. And then Michael tries to make Tom feel guilty about that day, saying Rebecca told him that it was Tom's morning to go look for food and that she felt sorry for him because he was so tired and she took his place. And then Michael says that Rebecca's death may save Ben's life. Tom says that the skitters won't win. Tom says that no matter how we survive, maybe we owe it to those who didn't to become the best of mankind. Tom goes back to the wall and posts a photo of Ben. He walks into a hallway where Hal and Matt are sleeping and sits against the wall. Rick and the skitter are shown. The skitter opens its eyes, followed by Rick opening his eyes. Dun, dun, dun. And that is our cliffhanger for this week. Very dramatic. Yes. And we're going to move into a few of our little questions. And again, like last week, we don't necessarily have answers to these. There are just some questions that came up. And the first one is related to that cliffhanger we just got to. Do the skitters have control or a link to Rick? Um, and that kind of also goes down to question, is can a harness kid ever be freed from the harness? Like the doctor was saying, if the harness stays on long enough, they will become one. I guess it wouldn't really matter. And if there's some kind of nanotech in there, that would kind of just gel with the person. And then uh, I guess the other part of that is, was that just a dramatic thing that happened? And it really, maybe he doesn't have control of Rick. Maybe Rick is fine. He just woke up. But it definitely looked ominous, so I don't think that's probably the case. And then our next little question that we came up with this week. Is the missing kids bulletin board six months too late? Should this have been done when the second mass was first formed, how long have they known that the kids have been harnessed? Has no one gone out looking for them before now? Not sure what the deal is that. If they just didn't have a secure base of operations or exactly why they just weren't trying to find their kids. Good question. And then we also had a question about those alien structures over the cities, which we learned a little bit more about this week. And it definitely sounds like from their conversations that these structures are being built there, not, not landed. So this isn't like a part of their ship. And I guess our theory is that they're probably using all the scrap metal they're collecting to build these things. But what's the purpose of these structures? I mean, what are they going to do to the cities or the people or even the planet? I mean, what we don't know. <laughs> That's, I guess, one of the mysteries for this season, perhaps. And we'll look forward to finding out. And also character questions. What happened to Weaver's family? It sounds like from this brief exchange with Michael that perhaps his kids were harnessed and he killed them by removing the harnesses. Not really sure what's up with Good question. And this week we do have a a little bitty brief uh, segment to get into. We like to do Falling Skies and Pop Culture. Last week we started off with the Falling Skies and Pop Culture. And I honestly didn't really notice anything this week. There wasn't anything as glaring as last week as far as books and, and things, Harry Potter and whatever it was last week. Um, but there was a Florida billboard, <laughs> uh, like a vacation billboard that was featured near the uh, the place where the zombie harness kids were, were collecting scrap metal. So I guess that's kind of a pop culture thing. Um, not so much. But if you have anything we missed, we'd be glad to hear those from you. You can send us in. I uh, have all our contact information into the show. You can send it to us on Twitter. That'd be great. We are the Falling Skies on Twitter, so it'd be awesome. 
And then Emmy did download some books last week for the iPad. Um, you want to talk about that for just a second? Yeah, the two books that we saw from last week's episode, part two, I believe? Part one. Part one. My apologies. He pulled out two books from a huge stack of books and was trying to decide between the two of them, which were um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and A Tale of Two Cities. Now, I believe since he picked Tale of Two Cities, for some reason they might be tied in with the whole the whole episode series of the you know, season. Not really sure. Pick that up in, you can get those free in Kindle and iBooks, and I downloaded that and started reading it last week and would love to continue reading it and hopefully talk about it more in our podcast because I really think they're going to do something with that, but I could be wrong. All right, and then next up, we're going to get into a little bit of our Falling Skies feedback, and uh, we've got a few things here from Twitter, a few things from Get Glue, a few mentions from even Facebook and things, but there's quite a few people who found us over on Twitter, and we do thank all of you have. Uh, we looked a little while ago, and it was like 250-something people, so that's awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for finding us. Um, have a few things there. We had quite a few interactions since last Sunday. Um had a few people send us links to things. Assignment X on Twitter sent us their review of the first episodes. Their really short review on Twitter, anyway, and then there's a link, was part one. It's promising. The second tweet from them was even better than the first hour. And then also we had another person on Twitter send us another review. It was A Media Mindset, and it was episode review for last week's episode one and two. Oh, we have another review from another um, people that sent us our way. It was from Fright Channel, and there was uh, a link to horrorhavenreviews.wordpress.com about Falling Skies. And then <laughs> this one was kind of funny, I thought. SFL Social Geeks said, Please tell me that Noah Wiley didn't sacrifice another installment of The Librarian for for this show instead. Just kind of random. I guess that there was two kind of... Um, negative comments, and I guess that's kind of negative, maybe. And there's one other one in from XXX Philip. It said it's fun watching Falling Skies, and then thinking it's a poor copy of AMC's Walking Dead with CG aliens instead of sweet-looking zombies. And it's definitely not a copy of Walking Dead, especially since they started this show. I think it was over two years ago, and they filmed. I don't know. They were filming the uh, the first season of the show before Walking Dead actually aired on television last year. So. Definitely not copy walking. It does have some similarities of people living in a post-apocalyptic situation trying to survive. Definitely. I definitely think there's some similarities, but definitely not copy. Um, Angelocracy. And they had the question, why do robots have two legs? It's a really good question. That is a good question. We also had um, Pop Spotting send us a, a couple of messages this week. The first one was on the 24th. It said, at Jimmy and Georgia, congrats on your Falling Skies cast, the Falling Skies podcast. Did you know Maxim Knight was born in Hawaii? So there's a little bit of uh, Hawaii trivia for all you Falling Skies fans from Ryan from Pop Spotting. And that is a great podcast if you want to check it out. Ryan and Jen have basically a five times a weekly podcast where they talk about TV and movies and music and all sorts of good stuff. They um, do a really great job. They were they had the podcast called The Transmission about Lost for several years while Lost was going on, and now they're back with Pop Spotting. So I definitely recommend them and say for you to check them out. And then the next one uh, we have from Kimmy XOXO and says, Completely in love with the show. Love my Mason boys. <laughs> and then Ezeka, 
on the Twitter says, would love if Noah Wiley would join Twitter. Hoko Boko on Twitter says, I'm loving Falling Skies on this end. I'm getting friends together to watch on Sunday. That sounds like fun. Joel in Texas sent us a follow Friday. So that's always great. Thanks, Joel. Uh, I sent myself a follow Friday from one of my other Twitter accounts from my Jimmy and Georgia Twitter account. And then uh, Ryan from Pop Spotting said, at Jimmy and Georgia, thanks so much. Go, go podcasting. Because I would mentioned him in my like follow Friday podcast tweet. I don't know how to say that. I really don't. So if I uh, say your name wrong, I'm so sorry. But it looks like Schmeiser. F. Schmeiser says, Falling Skies on TNT, We Know Drama, 10, 9 Central with Drew Roy, Noah Wiley, or Colin Cunningham, and the rest of the cast. Um, and then also, Falling Skies, Episode 3, Prisoner of War, 10, 9 Central, tonight. Trailer and sneak peek. And then I tweeted earlier that I was rewatching the screener, and uh, ASCPB on Twitter says, Lucky. And a couple more things here. Falling Skies TVE um, sent out another thank you for the Fall of Friday. And a Addy Mike 55 retweeted that. But I also retweeted a message I sent out earlier on Twitter and Facebook, uh, taking a picture of the palatial Falling Skies Cast Studios here, <laughs> and uh, posted it up there. It was a picture of the newspaper articles about the aliens coming that I was got I received in our press kit that's hanging on my wall here next to my desk. And it, you could see some Star Wars stuff and some lost stuff around it too. So, anyway, that was. Uh, all from the stuff from Twitter for right now. And then also a few things real quick. Facebook, we had several more people find us. I think last count we were up to like mid-40 range of people there. So thanks everybody who's found us on Facebook. Um, had Gene liked the link to a video. Laura liked us thanking everyone for who had found us. Bob liked the news about the 5.9 million viewers last week and also commented, awesome. So thanks everybody on Facebook. And then also on Get Glue, last look, and there's probably has gone up since I checked it last. There were like 172 likes on Get Glue, 253 check-ins, but most of those people were probably trying to get stickers because that's what you do. <laughs> and uh, there's a few of those I, I pulled out that um, have some actual messages, and they weren't just skitter max, skitter max, skitter max, like a lot of them were. And uh, Emmy's going to share a few of those for us. All right, Brad Wright, favorited and reviewed. Love this show so far. I hope it does well. Bobby and Faye Miller is watching. I like them. Angels Wolf Shadows is watching. Love the mechs. Nicholas Taurus is watching and says, Mech look cool and the weapons look dangerous. The skitters look cool. Tom would be a good leader. Brian Meyer is watching. Gonna be good. Michelle... Just say Michelle, that's fine. Michelle is watching. Looks good to me. Love Noah Wiley. And finally, Denise Wolf is watching. Looking good. And also, if you are on Get Glue, you can definitely um, check in our show, like us, or whatever. That'd be great. And there are some official Falling Sky stickers uh, for Get Glue that you can check in. And from what I've heard, and I may be wrong, but from what I've heard, if you check into the show each week during the show, you should get a sticker throughout the summer. So give it a shot and you can find out if that is the case all right one more thing we do want to get into in our feedback section is we did get one email tonight during the show and it um, was complaining about something you may be complaining about i know um emmy was checking out the facebook following skies page and everybody's complaining about commercials and so we got an email from james and says in the email sent at ten thirty-nine. so you know two-thirds of the way through the show Neat series, too bad, so many commercials. Absolutely ridiculous. 
so annoying we'll never watch again and spread the word it, it's 45% commercials sell out jerks <laughs> that was from James and it seems on the official Facebook Facebook Falling Skies page on our page that also a lot of people are complaining about commercials do you have any thoughts? holy commercials Batman they are inevitable inevitable on TV that seems to be what everybody's talking about on the Falling Skies Facebook page just kind of interesting on everybody's complaining about the commercials well that's kind of how the show is airing well i think my theory on this is this is the first show most of these people have probably watched live maybe in months if not years i mean most people not everybody i understand most people have dvr service or they're watching stuff on itunes they're doing all this stuff even maybe hulu and now granted this i don't think this is on hulu but they're watching this stuff, either they're fast-forwarding through commercials or they're watching commercial-free on maybe DVDs or Blu-rays. And so the fact they're actually having to sit there and wait through a five-minute commercial break, which is, you know, long, okay, I get it. But, yeah, <laughs> the show won't be around for for you know, its sponsors. Mm, apparently a lot of those commercials are from... Hyundai. Hyundai, that's like their main Hyundai, sponsor. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of people are saying, let's boycott them, which I think is kind of silly. This is my theory on that. I mean, granted, okay, you may be annoyed, and you, I guess you have the right to be annoyed if you are by commercials, but, again, like I mentioned last week on the show, you can get this not only in iTunes for $16 for the whole season, you can go to um, Zoom Marketplace if you have an Xbox 360 and pick up the entire season on there for 16 bucks, and that's commercial free either or either way of that from what I saw this week I was looking around TNT's website they do have an option to watch, watch it online on TNT so I mean that's still another option for everyone who doesn't like commercials <laughs> and then of course the third option would be wait until next spring and watch a show on DVD or Blu-ray rent it on Netflix exactly so, sorry there's commercials. That's a fact of television life. <laughs> don't like commercials. Don't watch cable. Yeah. But I know people complained about this last week, and we didn't really mention that then. Send us your thoughts. If you hate commercials and you're one of these people on Facebook talking about them, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know. Just like James did here, who apparently will not be watching the show anymore because of the commercials. So, we'd love to hear from you. Send that in to us, and you can... Uh, get all our contact information here in just a second as we're about to close out the show all right well we're gonna guess wrap up the show here and uh, we'd love to hear from you and um we have a hotline where you can call in and we'd love to hear your voicemails there your thoughts your theories your comments whatever and you can call us at 773-35-SKIES or yeah. you can email us at fallingskiescast at gmail.com follow us on twitter at the falling skies like us on facebook facebook.com slash falling skies cast and as he mentioned get glue and just search for falling skies and you'll see the show and then us and it's falling skies cast and we would love to hear from you and you can be part of next week's episode and make it better all right well we're going to wrap up the show right now and then after the little outro music we're going to come back with a very short spoiler section for next week's episode title and description so from the falling skies cast i'm jimmy georgia and i'm emmy thanks for listening have a great night
our slightly spoiler section, uh, have a very brief description of next week's episode, which is entitled Grace. Tom and his men are attacked while on a mission to retrieve motorcycles. Anne and Dr. Harris make an important discovery. And so that's next week's, as far as I know, official description episode title. Very little information here. I haven't had the privilege to see this episode yet, as I have been able to watch these the first few a few times. And so I will be surprised, as you are, next Sunday, July the 3rd, for the next episode of Falling Sky. So stay tuned. Set your DVRs. You know, buy the season on iTunes or however you like to watch it. And uh, we hope to see you here next time, and we'd love to hear from you. So please contact us. All of our contact information were shared earlier, and we'd love to have your input for next week's podcast. So thanks so much for listening.